All right, guys. Welcome back to Sticks Golf Roundtable number eight. This week, we've got a great show. We're going to dive into some of our favorite Tiger stats and just chat about his honestly pure dominance that he had over the game when he was a junior and amateur player, even throughout college. Uh, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about Rory's comments. Rory came out and said that he thinks that the tour needs to be more transparent with the fines, the suspensions, and really everything that goes around on tour disciplinary-wise. He thinks that things need to be more upfront for the public to see, and I kind of agree with him. But before we get into that, I'm going to do a brief ad read for Swing U. Swing U Premium, the world's most comprehensive golf game improvement app with the industry's easiest-to-use on-course GPS, scorecard, strokes gained, and stat features. SwingU's AI-powered digital caddy provides plays like distances, wind speed, elevation, shot tracking, and club recommendations. With the world's easiest-to-use strokes gain stat system, you'll receive a relative handicap for driving, approach shots, chipping, pitching, bunker play, and putting. Whether you're on the course or at home, premium subscribers get anytime, anywhere access to SwingU's massive on-demand library of lessons and drills from world-class golf instructors. Join Swing U Premium today and start shooting lower scores. Now let's get to the pod. And we're back. Sticks Golf Roundtable. How's everybody doing? Doing great. Exactly the same from 10 seconds ago when we finished the uh, the professional golf recap. I had, sent, so, I had sent words to my mouth, but I, I stopped them as you said that. I was going to say, so we're going to take like a five. And then you, and- <laughs> no, we're just going to go right into it. Right. That was zero break. For anybody that is listening to this but didn't listen to our attorney recap from this week, go check that out. But uh, we've decided to split our show up into two for each week. So we're going to have a tournament recap show and then our standard round table where we just talk golf of all in all shapes and sizes tour information and then now we're going to talk about stuff now we're just going to talk about random golf shit so exactly. enjoy it uh rosa you want to lead off with your topic sure um i wanted to introduce you guys to a guy named eldrick tiger woods i don't know if you've heard much about him um yes please explain he uh, he was inducted in the World Golf Hall of Fame last week. Did you guys watch it? What did you think? Did you see his speech? I did not watch it live, but I caught all of the good tidbits on the highlight reel that is YouTube. So I watched his speech. I watched a bunch of the inductees. Thought his speech was really cool. I didn't realize how much adversity that Tiger had to deal mm. with as a young kid. I didn't Me realize that the whole country club thing was really still around when he was young. Um, which was kind of eye-opening. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that. Much. I figured that he was just kind of one of the boys, one of the young kids. That was, yeah. so that was kind of eye-opening to me. I didn't realize all of that. So, you know, shout out to him for, you know, prospering through all of the adversity, whether it be on the course or off. But um, super pumped that he got his chance to have his name being alongside all of the other greats. Well, he, yeah, he, uh, he had a great, great he, one-liner on, on that topic specifically where, he said, you know, sometimes he would show up to a country club for a junior tournament and wasn't allowed in the clubhouse, even though all the other kids were. And 
he said, so when that happened, I just sat there, put my shoes on, didn't say anything about it. And I went up and asked two questions. Where's the first team? What's the course record? So that's off to him. That's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. And he probably broke it by six. (laughs) I tell you what, he, God, he was so fucking good. People don't realize how good he was like all throughout junior golf and high school golf and college golf and amateur golf. I mean, crazy, crazy talent. Well, yeah, funny you say that. That's uh, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. I think every casual golf fan can recite, you know, 15 majors, 82 PJ Tour wins, the Tiger Slam. Um, but since, you know, here here it sticks, we like to highlight high-level amateur and college golf. I thought we'd take a little bit further step back into, into the 90s when, when Tiger really started hitting the scene um, as, a, as a junior. Um, you know, I think one thing... I think the coolest accomplishment he ever pulled off that in my opinion, just doesn't get enough love as it should um, probably just gets overshadowed by his pro career, but three straight us junior AMs followed immediately by three straight us AMs. When you add that up, that's 36 straight matches against the best competition at his level that he won is that not mind-boggling it's absurd because think like and and what what we always say like oh anything can happen in match play i feel like like if i'm if i'm an underdog i would love to be playing match play because you're like well you know what might be able to get him today and he no one got him for 36 that is unbelievable that is that that might be his his truly his greatest feat but yeah so so looking back to that that very first U.S. junior, um, he was 15 years old. It was actually at Bay Hill, which I didn't realize until recently. Um, he beat a guy who I've never heard of, Brad Zweski, in 19 holes. But 15 years old, I mean, you guys remember trying to qualify for your first U.S. junior. I mean, you're, you know, I think I was about 15 when I first tried. And I thought, you know, I'm way out of my element. There's kids that are 17 here that look twice as big and big as me, hitting it twice as far. And you know, at 15, he he not only qualifies, but goes on to win to become the youngest ever winner. Uh, that record, uh, by the way, held until 2008. Any idea who broke his record for the youngest? Ryan Moore. Um, Is it? I have no idea. That was my guess. Um, wait, wait, wait. What was the question? Actually, I think. <laughs> who, who was the previous young? Who was who broke Tiger's now, record? Now, you know what? scratch that i got my i got my little stat sheet wrong he was the youngest ever to win the u.s am um and that was broken in 2008 so who broke his record as the youngest am to ever you got it bingo yeah at pinehurst yep so anyway he uh you know he gets the it's danny lee fan over here by the way by by the way i think (laughs) ryan more guess was pretty fucking good yeah, yeah. Well, he, he had his year in like 2004. Oh, was that what it was? He was so fucking good. Yeah, he was. He won it all. But yeah, Trey is a huge Dana Lee fan. Wait, can you tell me, uh this the Masters thing? <laughs> I, I wish he had picked this, but yeah, yes. br- brief interjection. Uh, to Tom tagged myself and our roommate on uh, Danny Lee Instagram post where you said, I'm giving away six players tickets. To, to my favorite comment on this. And I replied to Tom tag me. I said, Danny, huge fan. I clapped when you made birdie on 2013 on number 12 at Augusta. And I was hoping that would trigger something with him because he has one of my favorite interviews of all time. He was the first time playing the masters since he was an amateur. And he 
he makes like a 30 footer on 12 and he gives it one of these and he kind of looks around and afterwards interview and he goes, Oh, great putt. He goes, he goes, yeah, you know, I, I hit a great putt, but nobody clapped. And, you can, and then they play it, they play it. And literally there's just silence. And he just goes like this and he kind of like puts his hand down and like looks around. And it's so funny. I just, That's great. Cause yeah, great putt, but you know, uh, I don't nobody know why, but nobody clapped. clapped. Nobody clapped. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's, Danny Lee I can't believe we didn't get picked. I'm so mad. He, did, he, must so have, he must not have seen it. That's the only way. The only way is he didn't see it. Yeah. Because he had to have. Oh, if we ever meet Danny Lee. I'll tell him. You have to tell him. I'll just say that. I wouldn't tell him that story. I'll just tell him that. I love it. I love it. So uh, so that was in 1991. And of course, he repeats at the age of 16 and 92. Beat Mark Wilson one up. 90, oh, and in 92, when he wins, he was the first to ever repeat. Because you know, you think about how rare it would be to, to repeat as a U.S. junior. Because you, know, you only have what? <laughs> Four years, four years. Yeah. If you're Scotty Scheffler. And really, yeah. And really, most kids aren't ready to compete at that level. Even the best kids in the country aren't ready to compete at that level to their 16, 17. So they really only have like maybe two realistic shots. Um, but he, he becomes the first person to win back to back and then follows it up again and becomes the first to win three in a row. Um, and that record still stands. Um, someone did end up winning back to back. I can't see it right now, but anyway, he um, fir- first won three in a row back to back. Nineteen holes against Ryan Armour um, for his third straight U.S. Amateur. I love um, the, like USAM runner-ups and stuff like that because it's just littered with tour players. It's so littered, funny. It's it's littered. it's such a good like parameter for success is winning winning one of those or even even almost. Yep. So check this out. I, I thought this was interesting. I, I really hadn't heard or thought about this. So in those three U.S. juniors, he won it, the U.S. junior finals, 18 holes. Obviously, the U.S. am is 36. In those U.S. junior 18-hole finals, he won in 19 holes, one up, and 19 holes. So they all went to at least the 18th hole, right? Fast forward to the U.S. am, he won two up on the 36th hole, two up on the 36th hole, and then the famous... 38th hole sudden death against steve scott so so every single one of those six not only did he win 36 straight matches the final match of every single one of those runs went at least the distance and then some in a couple cases that's unbelievable that's pretty sick god how much would you how okay if you are playing your best golf and then playing tiger woods in that era how many how many up do you have to be on the first tee to win? We're playing 18. We're playing 18 holes. How many up do you need to be? I'm playing my best. Your best golf against his best golf. How many up? I mean, I, I said, I, if I'm thinking about it, I'm saying six at I was, least. My number yeah, is, I, I played some pretty good rounds. I mean, six. Is, is he going to beat me if I shoot eight under? <laughs> Yeah, Probably. yeah. I mean, my my best golf is you know, on a <laughs> shot some good scores. <laughs> yeah. How about if you're if you're if you're in the time when you feel like you were playing your best golf or like my best day of golf? Just when you feel like you're oh, playing your best. Six, six. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. At least six shots. So when I'm playing my best. I'm averaging maybe 68, 69. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, I've shot lower, but like. 68, 69 is kind of the range I'm in when I'm really striping it. Um, and if, if Tiger is playing his best, he's not shooting any higher than 65. No. Yeah. So no. um, just a quick look back at uh, at these uh, these USAM wins. He beat uh, and a couple sidebars here. Um, 
you know, just because I think it's interesting. Whenever you whenever you do a little deep dive, you find some some cool stuff. Uh, so we all know the famous putt at Sawgrass where we just were for the players last week, where he's in that amazing outfit with the straw hat and the orange striped shirt, awesome. and probably the first real big iconic Tiger fist pump um, in 1994 beats Trip Keeney two up at Sawgrass. How that tee shot stayed on dry land, I'll never know. Because <laughs> he's Tiger Woods. Yep. Because he's Tiger Woods. That's it. That's the only reason why. That's the only reason. Also, I do have a fun fact about that particular USM. My uh, now head coach, used to be assistant coach, Brian Sharp, played in that USM. And mm. he had a great story. And I, Brian, I hope if I listen, if you're listening to this, I hope I don't fuck it up. But um, he was hitting golf balls uh, next to who was Tiger Woods. And I don't think that, I mean, I think everybody knew who Tiger Woods was at that point, but he wasn't like as big as he obviously is now. And uh, Brian was hitting balls and, and Tiger was like right in front of him. The sun was in a specific spot so that his big ass hat was just in like on the shot, his golf balls. Like, and, and I don't, he either, there's one of two ways of story. I forget, but he either said, he either looked Tiger right in the eye and said, can you move your fucking head so I can hit <laughs> golf balls? Or he looked at him, realized it was Tiger Woods, and was like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how the story went, but I just think it's really fucking funny that at least that but, thought went yeah. through his head. That he was yeah. just, you know what, Tiger? Move your fucking head so I can hit golf balls. That big ass You hat. are bothering me. You're <laughs> bothering me, sir. Please move. I, mean, I just great. think that's hilarious. That's so funny. Quick. Quick sidebar off of Tiger in that USAM at Sawgrass. He beat uh, Trip Keeney. Crazy yep. stat here. Uh, uh, you know, the Keeney family, for those who, who aren't familiar with this, unbelievable accomplishment. All three children of Ernest and Pam Keeney won a USGA championship. How ridiculous is that? Two, you, you had uh, Trip, um, who lost that US Amateur to Tiger, but went on to win the 2007 US Mid Am at Bandon Dunes, nine and eight, by the way. Um, he, was, he was long as hell. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly Kelly Keeney won back-to-back U.S. Women's Ams in '95 and '96, and Hank Keeney um, won the U.S. Amateur with Trip as his caddy. I mean, talk about a, an iconic golf family. Not one that's really well known or well or you know talked about that often these days, uh, but certainly in the world of amateur golf, that's that's absolutely legendary. Keeney, she was running a company called College Golf Camps or College Golf like something. It was like a tournament that you got paired up with there was like 15 or 20 college coaches there and you got paired up with two of them for mm. three days and or three of them yeah. and she was like the <clears throat> was like the orange she was like the, uh no it was called like it was either called college golf showcase or college golf camp something like that it was cool though. it was like a tournament and you, you had like clinics it was, it was fine i did it when i was a junior golfer and she was like there running it there you and go talked all, all about all that well now that's very cool almost i mean i'm probably my computer's super far <laughs> off but uh, it kind of sounds like the same like lineage or heritage that the Corda family has with mm. NS and all that kind of stuff. We're just, you know, yeah, athletes, great genes. I mean, you can't summer haze too. That one comes. Yeah. To summer haze. Even the Wetericks, they're, they're not as, yeah. We just, yeah. We met Daniel. Daniel's yeah. a wildcat. Um, it is. It's amazing how, uh, you know, is it the genes? Is it the training? Is it the mindset? You know, it's uh, obviously probably a combination of everything, but it is wild how many families just have. You just grow um, around it and like the good yeah. stuff like our, just go, even go locally. Like our, our even, friends, the Newsom's like there. Well, what about Lexi Thompson? Yeah. Thompson, 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 Nicholas. Yeah. 
Yeah, yep. something to it for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Pretty cool. So then uh after ninety-four, he, he goes on to repeat at Newport Country Club, an iconic club up in Rhode Island, beats a a, a veteran and a USGA legend, uh Buddy Marucci. Um, fun fact about Buddy Marucci, um, he's he's a member at probably over a dozen clubs, but uh, most famously He's got uh, bag tags from Wingfoot, Seminole, Pine Valley, and Cypress Point. Uh, can't imagine for any better than that, excluding, of course, Augusta. <clears throat> might even be a member at Augusta. I don't know, but it's not listed. But uh, I heard a uh, great Buddy Marucci story when I was at Seminole from Vinny. And, uh, I, yeah, fuck it, I'll say it. Um, he, <laughs> well, fuck it, I'll say it. He, uh, Vinny and Jamie were chatting, and they're like, Oh, the Rooch. Yeah, he's got a different set of clubs for anyone he plays golf with. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, you know, he likes to play golf with lots of, you know, PGA Tour, like officials and or like people like in like golf manufacturing. So, you know, if he's got the TaylorMade guys out there, they switch in the TaylorMade bag. Oh, the Titleist guys out there, they switch in the Titleist bag. If he's got the Callaway guys, they put in the Callaway bag. So Buddy's got probably more golf clubs or that he actively uses than anybody yeah. ever. Probably That's incredible. Which I would I would I'd throw that out there. Yeah. Sorry, Vinny, that. if you didn't want me to say that. My bad. I, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna do that. <laughs> That's wild. Um, yeah, and then he finishes off the 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 double the the double three p the the six p whatever you want to call it uh, with uh, with Steve Scott in thirty eight holes at Pumpkin Ridge, probably where you know I would say the event where. To me, he really was introduced to the to the golfing public, you know, to the masses. Um, you know, obviously, if you were really into junior U.S. junior and amateur golf, you knew who he was. But uh, that that event got a lot of press, probably because leading up to it, he was already, you know, the two time defending champ. Um, so it was a big story. It was a big deal. Steve Scott was a fan favorite on the other side. He had his girlfriend caddying for him. I'll never forget his outfit. He just had like a classic nineties outfit, like Dockers, yeah. a blue stripe, you know, Izod shirt and a, a Massimo yeah. hat. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, I've watched those. He's got the course record at Pine Tree. 60. Does he? Yeah. There you go. Oh, wow. He played the, yeah, I think he, the, um, remember this year because of that. I think he's actually hosting a, podcast these days and i think he's a club pro if oh, I'm not he, has, he has something he has something pretty cool actually um i i learned about this he has like uh it's kind of like are you guys familiar with outpost club do you know what that is no it's basically me it's a it's a club this is not his but his is like this it's a club of people who are all members of private it, it's private clubs of a certain level essentially and his 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 club organization host events at a bunch of different ones. They have one at Kinlock actually this, this year um, mm. where you can go and play there. It's like, it's like a buddy's trip for, but with like a national scope to it. Huh. So there's like a couple hundred members. They run events kind of like what golfers journal does, but not with a publication. They just, uh, they're like a golf club with a, that just rotates around really good golf courses. That's actually really cool. I love yeah, Out, Outpost club is the biggest one. I think they have like a couple, they actually have a couple hundred members. Steve Scott's like trying to, build something like this i think he's got some some traction to it but i don't know if he's as big as outpost we have a, we have a couple outpost guys at, at punch i'm sure there are a die too yeah we're like sure. they'll have like 10 events a year and different yeah. guys will host it and they'll have you know they'll just put out the, all right we got we have five tea times if you guys want to come and play a two-day event come play it's kind of what it is that's kind of pretty cool, cool. Yeah. they that's charge you charge cool. you x um, and it's all covered 
last note on Tiger's pre-pro career, uh, just a quick note on Stanford. Um, obviously, um, you know, had some pretty famous teammates. It's kind of cool. He, you know, he was teammates with Nota Begay and Casey Martin, who have pretty wild stories themselves. I mean, you know, um, Nota Begay, Native American, um, you know, kind of carved his way to the tour, to uh, Stanford and, and then the PGA Tour over some some adversity. And then Casey Martin obviously had the, the leg situation and, and subsequently, you know, applied and was denied to, to ride a cart in PJ tour events. So just kind of interesting that, you know, he, he um, was around some, some different kind of characters, some interesting characters at his time at Stanford. He won the, uh, he won the um, individual NCAA championship at the honors course um, in Tennessee, which is kind of cool. I think the honors course was almost brand new at that point. Just Have you guys ever played there? They just nope. redid the honors course or they're in the process of redoing it. They are redoing it right now. It's closed right now. Yeah. They're yeah. redoing it right now. Uh, I did play it once. I played it once in junior golf, but I'm, I've never played I've, it. I've literally played two rounds and I couldn't tell you one hole. Honestly, probably um, a long time ago. This is, <laughs> uh, I could give you a bunch of guesses as to what he shot in the final round to win the NCAA individual title. 77. Uh, Guess again. Lower or higher? Higher. Wow. <laughs> I did. 81. I knew it wasn't going to be low. I knew 80. It. 80. Oh. Fuck. He put the, the, the scores go. were probably still going to go higher. The scores were pretty high. He was, he was, he was way out in front with 69, 67, 69. Finishes with an 80. Still wins the national title. That's sick. That's pretty sick. Sick. That's what, a, what a lovely four hours that must have been. He's just hitting shots. <laughs> doesn't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> how, what, how much did he win by you know i don't have that oh my goodness that's all right that's so funny but awesome. if it was like five or six he, he shot 80 to win by five or six it's like, like yeah i can fuck yourself a yeah. 15 shot lead like just hitting yeah, shots. i'm just better than all that's something that i would i would love uh, this quick note on that i johnny miller has one of my favorite takes of all time which i wish he did this he never did he says that one of his biggest regrets is that he didn't do this like he he famously would win tournaments by like eight or nine or ten and he said that he wishes he would have just like when he had that one footer to win, just like called it his caddy, taken out a three wood, just aimed it over the gallery, and just smacked one out of bounds, drop ball, smack one out of bounds, drop ball, tap in, win by five. <laughs> imagine, imagine, like I don't. Do you think it, someone could get away with that today? No, no chance. I think I think Actually, that would no be chance. one of the coolest things of all. Although, time. although I've said this forever, and I will continue to say it. Whoever is the first person to have a five footer to win the masters and just goes up there and ta- casually just like takes a whack at a it. Five footer. Five, any, anything it else. Ne- it will never any, happen. Anything outside three feet. If happen. I have a two shot lead at Augusta, I promise you, I will one hand the first one. No, they won't. Yes, I will. They won't. Yes, I will. Cause I said it on the podcast and I have to do that. You still won't. I probably still won't, but I might. <laughs> but I might. And I think it'd be awesome. I think it's, yeah. How many times do you like have, have us in like a round just been like ah four foot or 18, like not a great round, just like yeah, smack it, like whatever it goes in or it doesn't. Far, yeah. And it goes, you know, either make it or it goes like six feet by. I would love for someone to oh, nonchalantly my. just like walk up on 18 at Augusta, hit it to like six feet, and just go, mine. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> I still win. <laughs> see you later. Bye. I'm done. No, that would be never happen. But I, I'd love to see like Patrick Reed be like eight shots up in the Valve spar and just pipe one OB with a, with a five iron and just drop another ball and tap it in and still win the tournament. That's what if so he doesn't fun. get it out of bounds and he has to go play it? 
Still fine. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Oh my god. Uh, all right. Well, are we uh are we are we done with Tiger? I had one thing I wanted to say about or yep. ask you guys about Tiger before we move on. What is your favorite Tiger stat? Because I mine I easy. I have mine. No, I don't have one. Well, I don't have a stat. Give me a second. Let me you go ahead with yours. I, I I got a couple, I think, swirling around in my head. 142 made cuts consecutively. Nobody will mm. ever touch that. Mine's whatever his, nobody will ever touch it. Same with his whatever his world rank rank uh record is. Like oh, his world number one world weeks at like world number one. Hundred weeks. Like all right. Thirteen it came out to like thirteen years. Yeah. <laughs> Thirteen years in a row, and yeah. <laughs> I was. Uh, um, Sorry, I stole your jersey. Oh no, I, no, you're good. I just, I just, thought, I thought when I heard that again during the Hall of Fame broadcast, I'm like, dude, when somebody gets a hold of number one in the world these days, like we expect them to have it for like three months or six months, and then it turns over to someone else. Exactly. You, you can't play that good of golf for that long. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, another one. Start winning. Yeah. It's. It's. That's that's insane. Gosh, a couple that I love outside of the majors. Um, you know, the fact that he won at Bay Hill eight times. He won <laughs> a WGC yeah. at Firestone eight times. The fact that he could just show up at a course and win like literally half of the appearances he had is mind boggling. And then just the overall win percentage, 22% of the tournaments he teed it up in in that long career that hopefully isn't over. You got to win against 155 of the best players in the world. That is unbelievable. For reference, I mean, if you, you know, I've looked at like, like take a guy like Fred Couples. He won, you know, he's a legend. He won 12 tournaments, but he played in like, you know, probably five or 600 plus. I mean, guys that win 3% of tournaments are legends and Hall of Famers, and he won 22%. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that, that, yeah, that's a nut stat. But the one thing about the consecutive cut stat for me is Thursday, Friday, you didn't have one bad nine holes. I mean, right. one bad nine holes takes you out of a golf tournament. It takes you out right. of making the cut. Not one bad nine holes, where, or, or at least to the point if you did have a bad nine holes, you then shot 30 on the other nine. I mean, yeah. I mean that's, that's really strong. You know, that's really strong. Tom, that, that's a great point. And if you think about it, like, I think mentally – that stat like the win percentage and the win streaks that shows how great he was at his best correct but what you just kind of made me realize is like the fact that even when he wasn't at his best even on those off weeks he still found a way to grind it out and 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 make the play the weekend and i mean that is like the mental fortitude that we all revere about tiger yeah the other 78 percent of the time he still made the cut <laughs> pretty pretty sick but uh god he's i mean he there's there will never see anything like that ever again no. I, I there's no way there's just absolutely no chance um well i figured it's a decent enough time to move on to uh uh my topic which is rory mcelroy had some choice words for uh mr may or monahan monahan uh when he was asked like what could the pga tour do better and what he said was, I think the one thing that the tour in general could do better a job at is transparency. I think transparency and maybe not being a closed shop. I've always felt that a few of the bans or suspensions, I think that should be announced. I think 
that should be more transparent. Wow, Rory's terrible at speaking. I've always said that. So basically what Rory's saying is that he thinks that if somebody gets a suspension or a fine or a ban, that the PGA Tour needs to be more outward with why it's happening, how much it is, blah, blah, blah. So that, you know, people understand what's going on. And I think that if you compare golf to other sports, I mean, you turn on the TV and somebody in the, on football, somebody in in the football world is, is suspended for X, Y, Z. Even in basketball, X, Y, Z, they're being suspended. Um, I mean, I mean, all the big sports. I mean, I I think you could go online every Monday and you could find a new player that's being suspended and you can find the story of what's going on. Uh, I think the PGA tour has kind of pushed a lot of that stuff under the rug and maybe they're trying to continue the persona of this is a gentleman's game and this is, you know, we don't do blah, blah, blah. We don't do that here. Like this is the PGA tour. But obviously stories get leaked. You know, the we had the DJ um, cocaine uh, <laughs> suspension from a few years ago. But as what I understand, he's you know figured all that kind of stuff out. But but it's nice to I mean, it's not nice, but I think that it's a nice view for for uh, the audience to see. Look, these guys aren't perfect. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. has their trials and tribulations. They all go through like the same different stuff. But. I do think it would be interesting to see what all of those fines are and what those suspensions are. Cause I know there's no, because I mean, I went digging and the only ones I could really find were stuff that either the players had outwardly like protested or they had come out and said like, look, like, like for example, uh, Robert Garrigus and Matthew and Matt Every mm-hmm. both got 12 week suspensions for testing positive for marijuana. They both came out and said they it was legal for, they had a medical card for it in the yep. state of Florida, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, they came out and protested it. Obviously the PJ door didn't give a fuck. So they were still suspended for 12 <laughs> weeks. Um, and obviously the DJ thing. And then there was some, some sketchiness going on with Thorbjorn Olsen on a flight back from, from somewhere where he may Ooh. have, may have yeah, sexually, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, may have sexually assaulted a uh, flight attendant. Yeah. Uh, that story has been completely brushed under the rug. There's a couple of articles about it, but mm-hmm. we haven't heard anything should we, should about we that. Huh? Yeah, maybe, we maybe we should write one, but I haven't seen anything really major on that since it happened. I think that, I think that the PGA tours uh, sort of rule of thumb on this is if no one's asking, we're not going to say anything. Um, but yeah, so I would love for there to be transparency. What do you guys think? I mean, I, I agree completely. You have, it, it's almost like what you said, they're trying to keep it as, as this like, you know, revered gentleman's game, but it just isn't anymore. It's not as proper as it used to be. You have, it's just, they're just athletes. You have guys that look like Matt or uh, yeah. like Cam Smith. Yeah. I mean, they're right. humans. Look at yeah. Brooks, Brooks Kepko looks like a, a <laughs> game. Looks like right a now. gigolo. It looks like shady. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he looks like a, a big slim shady TikTok influencer, but he, <laughs> He just like that might be the biggest insult. He ever. does, dude. He looks, he, dude. Did you see that picture of him? He's like yeah. posing like this with blonde hair. Like, yeah. dude, come on. Anyway, the, the, the personalities in golf are becoming all across all spectrums of types of people that are playing golf, not just kind of like stuffy white dudes. So, mm-hmm. like, you're gonna have things that you have guys who party. You're gonna have guys, and you always have. But like, mm-hmm. it's yeah. but people's personalities are gonna just come out, and you're gonna have things that are not great, and you're gonna have suspensions. And so, why not just tell people what's going on? Yeah, it might be because I think the an eye on golf like we do now. It's not. It's as big as it's ever been. Thanks, to the guy we just talked about. But like, 
I don't know. It, it just makes no sense. That's why it's not just public information. Yeah. I think a couple of things come to mind. One, you know, Tom, you were talking about how little you found out there. I, I mean, I think probably important to know it, it is rare. I mean, most of these guys are not yeah. real troublemakers <laughs> breaking the law unless they're living some sort of double life we don't know about. Oh but outside of outside of outside of Luke Donald was caught going 191 miles an hour. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my outside god. of Orlando, drunk. Or wait, something. wait! I just I. Who's that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Are you cooking a hot pocket? We uh, I just remembered Stephen Bowditch. Fell asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Hammered. Robert Allenby oh. kidnapped. Robert Allenby got kidnapped. I mean, oh, yeah. there's a camera dad. Now that story I love. I actually uh Go ahead. the so the C- Stephen Bowditch, I just came to my mind. C- Stephen Bowditch also had a pretty major um, you know, suspension and violation where he was cited with a DUI, fell asleep at the wheel at a red light. Yeah, um, they, few years they found back. him looking like he just shot eighty about fifteen weeks in a row. But Rosie, what would you say you had something on that? Uh, I was actually talking about Robert Allenby. Oh, oh um, yeah, Allenby gets kidnapped and fake. He, he did get kidnapped, but he name. didn't though. He like faked it, which is he ridiculous. just got blackout drunk he, up somewhere else. He goes, "Who brought me here?" <laughs> he completely made that shit up, hundred percent. Course. His his story came crumbling apart as as the days went on, but uh, who hasn't when when you come home and your wife? <laughs> I was kidnapped. I don't know. <laughs> I was kidnapped by the bartender. <laughs> I don't know, Betty. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I have no clue. My, my favorite part about that story it's just kind of a little nuance from it, but I mean, I'll never forget. He was giving an interview on the Golf Channel the next day, and he had a huge black eye. They were they were playing at Wiley. It was the Sony Open week in Hawaii. <laughs> And he's got, you know, his face is all messed up. He's got a big bruiser. He's got a scab and he has, you know, has the, the you know, whatever to show up uh, in his golf clothes ready to go the next day. But what he said happened? he was, he said he was at the bar. He said he was at the bar and he met a couple of Robert Allenby fans, which I just thought was funny. Like, oh, really, dude? Like you got fans in Hawaii that are just like, oh, my God, it's great to meet you. We're, we're huge Robert Allenby fans. We're taking you home with us, Robert. There, there's the there's the first false. That's the first lie. None of them exist. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, oh, so that's so funny. funny. Oh. Yeah, he well, he he uh, he um you know it was came to find out later on that he was at a uh, a gentleman's club till the wee hours of the morning, still intact, not kidnapped. Um, I think he fell asleep on a park bench or something, but. Uh, <laughs> And then, and then the guy whose park bench it was beat the beat him up. Yeah, the up. homeless yeah. man whose bed he was sleeping on uh, beat him up. But um, before we wrap on this topic, I wanted to ask y'all a question, and I'm not pulling it up on my computer, so Trey has no way of looking at the answer. I won't cheat. Who on the PGA Tour has the most suspensions, citations, mm. and all those things? Well, can I make a futures mm. answer? Sure. Curtis Thompson. Um, no, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Curry, you, for, you had it coming, buddy. You had for it coming. Um, I would say, gosh. Oh, it's going to be Woody. Uh, what's his name? Woody Austin. Woody Austin. Okay. That's your guess. Rosie. Pat Perez. You already get, you get one guess. I have two now. Uh, you can have Pat if you want. 
I'm coming up blank. I mean, I really, I can't think of anyone that was like a habitual offender. I think DJ got suspended twice, but I'm sure that's not. Well, y'all are both idiots because the answer is so easy. It's John Daly. Oh, oh. John How Daly. Many? Five suspensions, six probations, 21 citations <laughs> from the PGA Tour. And let me let me find this. Okay, here we go. I've oh, never been I've doing. never been so disappointed in myself for not. It was such a layup. I could cannot believe you guys didn't get it. In total, Daly was suspended five times, fined over $100,000, received seven PGA Tour orders to go to counseling, rehab, or alcoholism, uh, cited 11 times for conduct unbecoming of a professional, cited 21 times for failing to give his best efforts. Some of <laughs> he like throws the wedge in the lake and just kicks his ball sixteen times into the hole. Uh, some of some of his biggest fines were punishments for the following: hitting balls over the heads of spectators and in the grandstands during an exhibition clinic in 1993, a scuffle with fellow player Jeff Roth during the 1994 World Series of Golf in Akron, trashing a hotel room. During the, the 1997 Players Championship and going to jail to sober up in 2008. Unbelievable. Daly re- receives smaller fines for hitting ball off of a beer can provided by Kid Rock during a pro-am, walking out <gasps> events, missing tea times, and playing on the course without wearing shoes or a shirt. <laughs> John Daly is the greatest athlete in professional golf i love you john please never change if anybody has not seen the interview the full interview of him and graham what's that guy's name graham basing graham or something? oh no graham norton's the the english graham guy. norton show graham norton show it's uh, it's it's yeah. the one yeah. where daly's wearing a, a, a american flag blazer uh, yeah. and clips get shared from it uh quite often on instagram but caleb presley no it's not caleb presley no it's graham yeah it's it's graham song anyway he he did a great one with dan bilzerian too if you want to watch that that's that's um um daily i mean there's a million one-liners that came out of that but one of my favorites was uh graham said you know were you did, were you ever drinking on the course? He goes, no, no. He's like, I mean, I would get in at seven a.m. for a nine a.m. tea time. So when I got there, I was still hammered, but I never drank on the golf like, course. I never drank on the golf course. And Graham's like, really? And he goes, yeah. I'm telling you, I never. He did like a Bill Clinton routine where he goes, I never ever drank during a PGA Tour event. And then he paused for a second. And he goes, except for one time at the LA Open. <laughs> <laughs> that's great he said there was a huge backup on 10 at riviera i went in the locker room and slammed four beers came out and shot 34 you know he, he said he had a bad front nine he came out on the back after chugging four beers great. and played great yeah. i just love that he's like i never drank during a tournament and then he goes, wait a minute <laughs> except for one time except for one time when i was 32 <laughs> on the back nine at the la that's great and i was hammered i love that man great guy great guy well, guys, I think that's all we got for tonight. That's all I got. Um, great show. Great, great talking. Uh, I hope that the PGA Tour does sort of open up about some infractions that go on because I, I think there's more out there than we know know of. I definitely do. I think a lot of stuff gets, you know, brushed under the rug, but yeah. if it doesn't, and if it does, I'd love to see it. If it's not there, then we'll get on okay, the boys. It'll be exactly the same as it is be now. exactly the same as now. But, uh, but yeah, so – We'll see you next week. Enjoy it, guys. Cheers. See you, boys.